Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. Hi, it's um, Air Rush Sunday the afternoon, it's around one o'clock, and I'm going to send out one more um, idea or so about Rosh Hashanah, courtesy of Mishpacha Stefanski, who very generously is sponsoring all my Mishigasana. And um, I'll tell you where I'm coming from. This is uh, speculative, okay? I'm uh, playing around with some ideas and uh, haven't worked them all out, but I'll share with you the ideas. It's interesting to me to notice, last night when it was late, I ran through the Rambam on the Hilkos There's only three chapters. Everybody should look at it if you can. Uh, it's not so long. And... Um, in general, it's a good idea whenever you have a Yantar or something, just, look, just go through the Rambam. Uh, especially the one I have, which, I mean, well, I'm not going to go into that. So, anyway, as you run through it, you notice things that perhaps you didn't notice before. And one of them is as follows. <clears throat> we have Shvarim Trua and Shvarim, and then Trua and then Shvarim Trua. Tashat, Tarat, Tashrat. So... Last time I spoke about the historical background that the Rambam explicitly references, and he says, we don't know what it is anymore because we've been in Gauls for a long time. But the language, I'll tell you again, I mean, I just only pay attention to it now. The language that he uses is gendered, which is funny to me. Because the Gemara doesn't talk like that as far as I can remember. True is, this is the Rambam talking in, in Parag 3, Parag Gimel, Hilkoshover. There's only three Chapters, they're not that long. You too can become a Rambam expert and amaze your friends at parties. True as you are more Torah, the Rambam says, in this topic, Lona Suffolk, with the Orach Hashan Barabagolius, it's been so long, we don't know exactly what it is anymore. As I mentioned the other day, Vein on a Yod and Hechi, we don't know exactly what it is. It might be this, it might be that. Im hi ha Yelola, Shemiyalin Hanoshim, Benihiosan Beishemiyabin, is it the wailing that women do? When they will in Miyabeb. Oh, when they're mourning. Oh, ha nochosh, kedirak sheyonach ha'odem pam echos, pam acha pam, kishigidik limi dabagodol. Or is it the groaning that a person does, anocha, sigh, groan, one of those words. Mm, like that. Um, some form of mm. Is it that kind of, is, is it the anocha, kedirak sheyonach ha'odem, as a person does repeatedly. When he's really freaked out over something. Or is it double? Maybe it's the combination of both. That you have the. I mean, I know you know this. Sometimes a person who's full of worries, I say freaked out. Therefore, Anuosin is a call, or Anochavai Yolola. The Yolola is the Trua, Anochazuachazu is the Shwaran, and the other one is the Tashrat. You know, okay. Now, did you notice something funny in there? He says, and this is the Rambam, every word counts, you know. He says, because um, I only noticed it last night. This topic on the Sophic of Yashanin, Hechi, what exactly is it? Two possibilities, A or B. A, 
אם היא היוללה שמיילים הנושים בניוסם באיתם יאבד? Is it the women's wail that they do when they're wailing? Or is it the anocha that a man does? So the, so the trua, what you and I call trua, the yalula yal, that's what you and I call trua, du, 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 is a female thing. And why does Rama say this is a male thing? This is a female thing. There are no guys that go, <laughs> sure they do. And there are no women who say, oh, yo, 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 why does he gender it? You know, it's kind of funny. Um, I don't believe the Gemara uses the gendered language. Um, I think that this may be... So what he's saying is something interesting, which is uh, shawarm is a male thing, and true is a female thing. The reason it strikes me interesting because the Kabbalah, the Zohar, and places like that are all full of the idea of the uh, symbolism of the uh, silver blinks. You know, if you're a Hasidic uh, or whatever, Baltake, I mean the real thing, they're Kavonos ha Shofros. You look in the Shlaw, for example, um, it's become a big science in the mystical department. Um, and, you know, uh, how you blow and what you have Kavonos in will, can, can make a cosmic difference. That's the mystical approach. And I don't have it in front of me, but I remember the Zohar talks about the fact that you have to do, you know, one represents the dinim and the other one represents the hamtakas din. So let's say, for example, the shvarim is the bad stuff and, and the other one is the good stuff. I forget which one is which. And so the the proper, I mean, if you're an Arizal type person, which nobody is, you'll have in mind mamish, you know, when you blow the shvarim, it'll go in this mystical direction, you know, because the whole world is full of pipe warps, tinoris as they call it. You just can't see them. But they're there and, you know, your prayers go to heaven in certain routes. And you don't want to send them on the wrong route. And, you know, so it comes to business. That's not for the average person blowing the chauffeur. But it's out there. And uh, I think the law or somebody says the simple covenant is just have in mind this and that and the other thing. You know, it's in a lot of mockers. Now, um, I'm a mockery. I'm going to blow the chauffeur. I mean, I used to when I was a kid. But now my son does. Anyhow, um, so... Uh, one is male, one is female. That, that you can already start to see. One is associated with din. What's it? One's associated with uh, rachman, with mercy. Hamtakazadinim, and eventually you, you join them together, don't you? You know, you, you do shvarm trua, uh, which is uh, uh, you know a highly mystical kind of notion. Um, I don't know why the Rambab using unless you simply give me a pushup shot and say like this. Listen, the guy was just observing from from uh, so, society. And he saw guys usually go, uh, 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 and women go, uh, uh, uh. but uh, you know, I've seen plenty of guys cry like a woman. And I've seen plenty of women moan like a man. You know, so have you. So I'm not 100 percent sure why he puts it that way, but it's highly suggestive, okay, to me. And I'm sure when the Raman came out, you know, that must have influenced a lot of uh, Kabbalistic and Hasidic uh, approaches to understand the symbolism of what you're blowing. You know, it, it's kind of interesting that way. Um, you know, shvarn are hard, aren't they? The other one are like, it, especially if you do the wailing, it like softens it. You, know, you, you, you could hear those sorts of things. Uh, do recall that the Gemara does say, in a different context, that the chauffeur is a vodas panim in a certain way. 
I don't have the Gemara in front of me, but I remember they talk about King of Gold, and, you know, the Kohen Gadol doesn't go inside the Kodesh Gadashim in gold, because it reminds you of the Golden Calf. And it's a question about the Golden Chauffeur, and, uh, you know, but on the other hand, the Kohen Gadol does wear gold stuff outside, and then they say inside the Kodesh Gadashim where it really counts. So the, the chauffeur is blown outside, and the Gemara said, well, you can hear it inside. So it's like an Avodas Prim. It's as if you blew it inside, in some respects. That's where you have the gold. If my memory serves me, I think that's what it says. And, um, again, the notion that although a chauffeur is a physical horn, and you're obviously outside the base of Migdash, it transcends the physical limitations, and it, it penetrates, as audio things do, right? That's the power of coal, of audio. Coal can go through walls. Which is interesting, right? You know, vision has a plus over hearing, and hearing has a plus over vision, if you ever think about it. Uh, you know, vision you can see more clearly and so forth, but hearing you can hear through barriers, obviously, right? So if I put up a barrier, mechitza, between you and me, I couldn't see you, but I could hear you. And, you know, you can already see a qualified rabbi who is homiletically capable to make a gansa speech out of this, right? Because the chauffeur is in Vodas Pinim, it's supposed to break your heart, like the Rambam says, you know, Uri Yishenim Shenaschem, etc., 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 and it's breaking through over there. Now, I was thinking of this, in the, which is interesting, I hope you agree, it's interesting. The Rambam would use this gendered business, especially when by the time it's over, you do Tashrat, which is form true as one. Uh, or, or is it one? Um, to notice you combine the male and the female. Uh, and that's something that came later in history. For a while they used to do, as Esdegmore says, according to Haigong, Esdegmore says, and Haigong says, used to be at some dish swarm, and other places did true. Then they combined swarm true. So it's a historical development that first there was swarm, and some places true. And then, in the 4th century, 3rd, 4th century, it switched to... Um, you know, uh, Shwarm Tua. And like I argued the other day, and then they added the old stuff in, in with it. Or they piled it on top of it. Sorry, let that be. Now, um, why? Why? You know, there's a whole big discussion that I alluded to the other day about how you blow the chauffeur in terms of Nishimachas or Shtein Nishimos. With one breath or two breaths uh, between the Shwarm and the Tua. So basically, when you do Tashrat, Shwarm Trua, in simple terms, is it a single note, which is the way you're supposed to look at it. It's a single note, because it may be that the actual Trua is Shwarm Trua. You know what I'm saying? No, it may be that it's Shwarm, in which case the others are unnecessary, or it may be that it's Trua, in which case the others are unnecessary, or it may be that it's Shwarm Trua, in which case the Shwarm and the Trua are unnecessary. We just have Shwarm Trua. Now, um, if that's the case... So when you have Tashrat, how many are on that line? How many are on that line? Three or four? You see what I'm saying? You have Tiki in the beginning, Tiki in the end, that's two. What about the one in the middle, Shwar and Trua? Is that one or two? So, you know, it's, a, it, it's got aspects of this. It's got aspects of that. And this came to express itself, I would say in the Middle Ages, as far as I'm aware. Actually, in the, yeah, in the Middle Ages, with because with, we Jews are OCD, you know, we are. And one of the things would be, 
Um, do you do shawarm when you do tashrat? Do you do shawarm trua as one unit, or do you do shawarm and trua with a with an interruption in between? Now, um, by the time you finish with all the chronim, nobody says. At least I'm aware. Do you literally do it without the without any stop whatsoever? In other words, now many do, but if you look uh, in the Achronim that I'm familiar with, uh, I mean, for example, I'm, I'm sure it's in other places. Let me pull out my rusty, trusty Mater Frame over here. Uh, in my shoulder, got to go by the Mater Frame. It's a Galtiana situation, and uh, he says the Mater Frame. Seder Tashrat, Shonu Token Ayom, Vishul Savik Shematrua Omer Torah, Shwarm Trua Yachad, Yeshomrim Shalafikot Sarek, Lasa Shwarm Trua Menashima Achas. Because the Shwarm Trua might be the actual Trua, therefore you should do it one shot with one breath. Shayashtem Yachad Nikrim Trua. Bimlav Lo Yosadikhovas Tashrat. So, according to this theory, when you do Tashrat, you do it without any interruption in the middle. Do 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 Not exactly. When we call makom lo yasabli hefseklal, al yafsigmat. It doesn't mean you literally do it without an interruption, but a very short one, less than a nishima. Get it? Lo yasah hefsek nishima bintayin. So nishima achas means that there's a breath at the beginning when you blow, but then in the middle there's an interruption. It was extremely short what I just did. Again. It was very short, but there was some interruption. Okay? So it's a question, the difference between the Shimach and the Stain Shimos is a question of how long the interruption should be. Not that there should be zero interruption. And I have a nice edition of Mater Friend, which is a whole little world by itself. It's a Galtiana Polisha world, in which famous rabbis and scholars from the Polisha and the Galtianers, not the Lithuanians, wrote commentaries, very nice ones too, in my opinion, on the Mater Friend, which of course is a is an encyclopedia of the month of El and uh, Tishrei, all those halochas, especially when it comes to Rosh Kippur. Uh, especially, and I'm looking at Tough Coat Sadi, which is all the rules of chauffeur blowing, and you know, you got Elf Lamata, Elf Amogain, all these things at the bottom, like we would say today, Bear Hate, you know, something like that, um, or Bear Alocha. And uh, I even have an, one I picked up years ago called Kitseha Mata, obviously, some from Ehrenreich from Mud, this is Hungary. This would be Central Europe, by the way. The Mata Frame is an ancestor of my mother's. Uh, anyhow, so whatever the and these guys bring a lot of achron. If you're a pulpit rabbi out there listening, I know I get emails from time to time from pulpit rabbis asking for material and one thing or the other. So I'll just give you advice. This time of the year, get a hold of a mata frayim with a, like the alpha mata and they can say a mata on it, and you'll have a lot of sources, baby. I mean, a lot of sources, uh, very wide among the achron. You can look very smart. You know, it's a, it's it's a it's a good uh, cheater book, set of cheater books. So, as I just said, the Shimachas 
It doesn't mean you literally do it with no interruption, but you do a very slight one. And he says over here, the other day I spoke about the Trumas Adeshin, right? Um, and so on and so forth. Okay? Now, if you look in the Mishnah Bur and those other sets, they have slightly different rulings sometimes. That's one opinion. You do Benishimachas. The other opinion is Rabbeinu Tom, and he dissented. He said it's all wrong. Why? And he doesn't say here, it's very famous, the Rabbeinu Tom said that a person who does both, and remember, you're doing Shvarm Trua based on the idea, the Gemara says, there's a Genuchi Ganach V'Yululi Yol, that when a person um, gets uh, upset, they uh, break down. But the breakdown happens in stages. Stage one, stage two. So notice if I hear something real bad, I react by going like this. <laughs> you see? At the beginning, I broke down with a few schwarms. <laughs> like that. And then I just totally lost it. <laughs> That's how we would say it nowadays. So, in that case, Rabbi and Tom said, look how closely they took all this stuff. It's not in the Gemara, not us. Um, he said, nobody actually does in one breath. You know, one shot, without catching your breath in the middle. A person who's crying and losing themselves, breathes in the middle. You understand? You wouldn't necessarily notice it if somebody lost it, as I said before, and really broke down. As unfortunately happens in life, right? So you don't notice, but the Rabbeinu Tom does, and he said, the guy doesn't go, oh, 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 on and on and on without catching your breath. You catch your breath somewhere. Nobody can do that long. So in the case of Genuchi Yonayolo, if the person did this two-stage breakdown, we're first doing, <laughs> and then, <laughs> like that. So he ca- caught his breath in the middle. If he catches his breath in the middle, and and the theory of Trua is, according to this, that the Trua is identical with what I just said before, the, the actual Trua that the Torah talks about is the two-stage process Trua. That's what that means, right? is that a person does a two-stage breakdown. That's what the... Uh, uh, and this is the theory that that's what the Torah means when it says Yom Tru Yelecha. So if you buy into that, the Reign of Tom says you have to have longer... You have to catch your breath. So suppose I was crying and crying and crying. But in the middle I go... <laughs> I'll tell you an example. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You have a baby in the house. Does a baby cry? A little kid. You have a little kid cries? Watch what they do when they go, wah, 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 wah. But then they'll catch a breath, won't they? Right? Because they can't go on without breathing. So let's say, you know, your kid, you said no to a little child. They go, wah, wah. You know they're going to catch the breath. Even when kids keep the parents up all night and they cry, cry, crying, as I know happens, you'll hear they catch the breath. You see? So if that's the case, Ravina Tom said, you got to have to stay in the shimas. But stay in the and no more. Okay? So you go, so I did in between. Right? And not longer than that. Don't go, that was too long. Right? And by the time, since these are famous opinions, I think most of the people listening to me know this. The practice developed. Um, now, Tyler says you don't have to do any of this. 
there, you know, because not in the Gemara. But nevertheless, the practice developed that, um, you know, people don't want to hear that. The Rosh Hashanah said the same thing, like the Tusk. But, but it doesn't matter. I want to get into that. Um, that you do um, both. By the Tzikiyas, the Meusha, we do it one way. And the Tzikiyas, the Meuma, you do another way. Usually, by the ones, the first set, you do with Neshima Achas. And by the second set, you do with Neshimas. There are variations of that, and I want to go into that. All I'm saying is, you have this concept, Neshima Achas, Neshimas. And not more. Now, this is a little wild, but like I told you before, I'm just speculating today. I'm playing around this in my own mind. Today is the, Russia is the anniversary of the world. Um, okay. Russia is the anniversary of the world. No, not exactly. It's the anniversary of the creation of Adam and Eve. Right? Uh, according to the Jewish tradition, the physical world started a, a week before, in 25 L, something like that. Today's the Rosh Hashanah is the, the anniversary of the sixth day of creation when Adam and Eve were created and uh, creation of human beings. And man was created with a breath. You see where I'm going with this? Man was created with a breath. So man was created by Nishim Achas. <laughs> it's not me. It says in Chumash. Why does the Bible have to give you a metaphor of blowing? But they do. The reason I say it's a metaphor God is not physical, so you didn't go to somebody's nose and blow it, you see? It's expression. If you want to know what the expression means, read the uh, Nefeshachayim. It's got a lot on that. Okay, if you're into that. But, um, he, but he blew. And here we are in the day the man was created, and we blow. But some say Neshimachas, some say Shtei Neshimachas. What does this remind me of? After all, you saw like this. God blew once. He blew once. He created Adam and blew his nostrils. There's the Nishimachas. What's that for Nishimos? I'll tell you. So I'm just, first of all, I don't know. But I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what I'm speculating. I'm speculating is like this. When God created Adam and Eve, hear what I just said? God created Adam and Eve. Did he blow once or did he blow twice? He said, well, I said, You can't tell what that means because I'll tell you what I mean. In the Jewish tradition, as you know very well, there's a whole thing that the original autumn was created due pertsufin. Adam and Eve were created simultaneously. There's another way of understanding that Eve came after Adam out of his rib, or whatever you call it. But it's also true that, you know, you can say that Adam and Eve were created as a single creature, and later were just split in half. And from one half came Adam, one half came Eve. The, the autumn and the, and the, and the, the zachar and the cave. As we know, these are old ideas, right? You know, the old chazals. So let's just say for a second, it was a du partsufa. Let's say, so the original creature was, uh, you know, a double. This is very good for the era of Biden, you know, with all this political correct stuff. Um, so the original creature was a man and a woman. Uh, one face was that of Adam, the other face was that of Chava, or if it wasn't Adam and Chava, whatever you want to call it. One was this side, and one was that side. So let's go with that. So what exactly happened? After all, I'm discussing with you what happened in the original Rosh Hashanah. Am I not? If Rosh Hashanah is understood as the day creation of the world, or more accurately, the day creation of the first human being, then if I'm debating with you or discussing or speculating, because that's all I can do, of what exactly that creation was, it's very no It's very appropriate to the day. Okay. 
So what exactly happened? So let's say that it was a Dupartufin. So once he created this creature, there's a face sticking out this way and a different face sticking out that way. This face has eyes. That face has eyes. This face has a nose. That face has a nose. This face has a mouth. That face has a mouth. When they split them later, it became two, two human beings. Um, wait a minute. I said both had a nose. See where I'm going with this? So if he created a Dupartufin, then the story is he blew in this nose. However you interpret that metaphor, but I'm just saying, you know, whatever, whatever the Nefeshachim said by this, I'll say by the other. He blew in this nose, and then he blew in that nose, which, by the way, works in Vayipach Apov, because Apov is plural. So it can mean his nostrils. It's not Af. It's Apov. It's not Apel. Vayipach Apov. This was kind I better be right about that. Let me look over here. Vayipach Apov or Apov. Um, pulling out a chumash. Either way, it's a good word, but if it says Apov, I'm really happy. Um, where is it over here? But yeah, it's other man. Adam. Zachar Nekeva. Let's see over here. It's not. It's in the second account. Elo told us on. Yeah, good. Okay? So the nostrils. So that, that could totally work. He blew on one side and they blew on the other. Right? Blew on one side and blew on the other. So, um, what's the difference? If he blew on one side, it's Nishim Achas. He blew on the other side, it's in, it's two breasts. It's, it's Shtei Nishimus. In the 4th century, Rabbi Yavo instituted that they should do the Shmarm Tua. The way we do it today. Very interesting. Why? So you can give the Haigon reason. I get that. I'm, you know, you give the Rambam reason. Right? That's all possible. I I think, now this is just a total wild guess. I told you today, I'm just speculating. And here's where I'm going with it. What is unusual about the midst of a chauffeur? And the answer is, it's universally practiced by women. From a technical perspective, no woman has to go hear chauffeur. It's a classic case of mitzvahs mangrum, as we all know, right? Nevertheless, I never heard of a woman who didn't at least try to hear a chauffeur. Isn't that true? Isn't it? And afterwards, we go both chauffeur to women. If you want to get very technical, like the Shagasari and all that, it's about blowing for women and this and that and the other. I don't want to go into that now. But it's a universal practice. And it always has been. Um... My question is as follows. I said it always has been. Is that true? Was this a universal practice at the time of Moses and Joshua and King David? Or not? Long ago, before there were synagogues, and before there was organized prayer, as the Rambam tells us, that all came at the beginning of the Second Temple period, slowly but surely. So what was Rosh Hashanah? So you see, the guy blew the shovel. Were the women there? Were the women present at the ceremony? There was no ceremony. I'm a farmer. I wake up Rosh Hashanah morning. Tonight's Monday, so Tuesday morning I wake up. You know, it's 3,000 years ago. I'm living in Dod, in Yisachar, Zvulun, Naftali, whatever. You know, Prime Masha. It's Rosh Hashanah. There's no davening. Uh, it's Yom Adin. Okay, fine, let it be Yom Adin. In Jerusalem, or in the Mishkan, they have an elaborate set of rituals. 
right, with the carbonus. That's not going to get to me in the sense that I'm not going to see it. If I went to Yerushalayim, that's a different story. If I went, like Shmuel and Nobi's parents said in Mishkan, that's a different story. But I'm just a guy out there, a farmer in the Veldrime. And so is the farmer next to me, and so is the, so is the farmer in the next one, and so is the next farmer, and so forth. So what is Rosh Hashanah? The answer is, you have Yisra Melacha, you know, it's Hochaz Yantan, Yisra Melacha. Um, fine. I want to remind you, it's Yantan we're talking about now. You know, in Yantav, you can really make a fire. It's Midrabani, you can't like a fire. You know that, right? I can make, I can scratch a fire from scratch. I can strike, I can strike a match. It's Midrabani, you can't. So who knows, even if those Rabbanas were around at that time. So, Mamish, Yantav was like a weekday in many respects. Um, But, I got to uh, hear a chauffeur. And so I take a ram's horn, or whatever kind of horn it is, I blow nine times. Did I make sure my wife was there, my daughter was there, and did I not? I don't know. Yeah, no, no, yeah. You see what I'm saying? It didn't become a... It, it, at least there's no evidence. I shouldn't even use the word evidence, but, you know, I don't get the impression. This is something necessarily women were into. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't get the impression. But then came the era of the synagogue. You see, then Jewish life radically transformed. Slowly but surely emerged... Davening, Shem Esrei, Tefillah B'Tzibor, Shliach Tzibor, um, the, the, the Sitter, the Moxers, and especially in Rosh Hashanah, it was a big time of year for that. You have Malchis, Zerkonos, and Shofers, etc. And there's all this discussions already in the rabbinic literature very early, the first layer of rabbinic literature that we have access to. How exactly is the Shem Esrei go? You know, I'm talking about that mission, uh, where you do the Malchis and all that. Um, so all of a sudden it became a big communal event. And all of a sudden, I think, you have the women showing up. It's just very interesting to me that when would this crystallize? I don't know exactly, but the time where be of old sounds very misdubber. Because he was in the late 200s, I think. It just works. As it's interesting, the Revo would say, you know, some places do the shwarn, some places don't do the shwarn. I want both. The shawarma and the true. I want the sound of the men and the sound of the women. Based on the argument that people sometimes do both but and when they break up when they break down. You hear what the Ramam calls the uh Anocha of the Odon, but you also hear the Yalola that the Ramam says of the women. And that way, maybe it touched everybody in the synagogue. It touched the whole seaboard. Which is what Rosh Hashanah should be. You know? Man, how? If they hear a crying, if they are crying, my crying. If the women hear their crying, it hits them. If the guys hear men's crying, it hits them. And when did both, that represented the fact that from now on, right, it's a world of shawarm trua. The men and women are always going to come to your shawarm blood. I know technically the women don't have to. I get that. But as I said, Matthias why, socially speaking, it became like the women had, take, had taken on the shepherd blowing. Now, they're there. And I think, I would only imagine the Rabbi Avos of the world wanted to encourage it, because to tell you the truth, it's a very weird derisa. If the shofar is so important in stirring you to teshuva and all that stuff that we hear, and the Ram says, Uri Shem so what about the women? They can go on sleeping, <laughs> right? Uh, they can still pursue Havli Olam. 
That's a very one-sided and sexist and whatever you want to call it way of looking at things. I'm serious. I'm not being funny, and I'm not looking to be politically correct. I'm just talking as far as, as, far as the best I can understand it. Of all the mitzvah stations in Gromo, that it makes no sense the woman should be put from, I would say shofar. If shofar really means, you know, in some sense a wake-up call or a stirring or ha'om After all, the women are chayiv in the, in the matzah. Right? So why not by the shofar? I have a feeling that the rise of the custom that they associate with Rabbi Yavol, which obviously spread, of doing not just the shvarm and just the trua, but the shvarm trua together, has something to do with the bringing out now the cries of the men and of the women, which is you know which is which is kind of interesting, right? And Lamaisa, if there's anything that we would hold common today, it would be the message of Rosh Hashanah's Yom Adin. Everybody's being judged, you know. Um, how come the men have to go to shul and the men have to get a chauffeur and all this? The women are not being judged; they're being judged too. So, I think. Right? Deep down, that there's something to what I'm saying. I can't prove it, obviously. And it's kind of interesting that the rise of it, let me put it this way with the rise of Swarm Chua by Rabbi Vogue, comes the rise, at least for Rabbeinu Tom and those people, the rise of the issue of Stainishimus. And when you talk about Stainishimus, you think of Adam and Eve, right? In the do partsufin mold. I told you now, these are ideas that are bubbling in my head. I haven't worked them out elegantly. I'm sure somebody out there who's listening, if they listen this afternoon before Rosh Hashanah, who are smarter than me, can put it together in a better form. But at least I gave you some raw material to think about, I hope, and to discuss possibly at the table tonight over the next couple of days. It's better than saying Lashon Hara, <laughs> right? You know, there's a famous. Um, Trua that this fine will do at the end. Not like we Ashkenaz and Matakiya Gedola, which is part of the 100, but the Sfarim do a Trua Gedola. It's in the Shulchanar, in the tour especially. So after you do 100, then you go and on and on like you do at Matakiya Gedola. And the reason of Haigon says Larva is a Sutton. So why do you have to remember the Sutton? You already did that in Shul. The answer is you're going home now. And what are you going to talk at the table? Go say Lashon Hara. You know, the rabbi's speech was no good, the chazan was no good, the baldakeh is tongue, so and so forth. So you're back to uh, the old days. Different, they used to blow an extra trua, today larva is a sudden when you go home. Um, it's along the lines that I'm, to, uh, that I'm, uh, I'm discussing over here. You see? So if you will spend your time even knocking down what I said, although I think there's something to it, then maybe you'll have a more productive. Uh, Rosh Hashanah set of discussions than you would if you just indulged in the usual uh, gossip and uh, put downs. With that, I wish everybody a Ksiba uh, Simatova. I want to thank the sponsors, the Stepanskis, and everybody should have a, a good yantam and a good yard. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidovidkatz.com. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidovidkatz.com.